0: Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Millennium Pod, a Star Wars podcast by me, Ari, at Ari.in.space on TikTok and at the Millennium Pod underscore on Twitter and Instagram. I changed my handle and I got confused, but it will be in the description. Um, Today, I'm super excited because... I have not one, not two, but three incredible guests. Um, Super, super excited. So why don't you guys go around, um, share with us your name, your pronouns, where we can find you on social media. And all of these lovely humans have their own podcasts, and I would love to hear about those as well. So let's just go in the order I see on my screens. We'll go with Kev. Go ahead.
1: Hello, I'm Kevin. You guys probably know me as Kev. My pronouns are he, him. Um, And... What was the what was the next thing? Podcast, plug the podcast.
0: Yeah, plug your podcast. Okay. <laughs>
1: uh, my podcast is called Back to Jakku. You can find it uh, currently on YouTube and Spotify. I'm working on getting it on Apple Podcasts at the moment. Uh, next episode should be it's in development at the moment, so that should be coming out pretty soon. Uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm super excited about that. Thank you again for for having me on. Of course, of course.
0: Uh, if if you guys have been out there listening, um, you may recognize Kev. Obviously, you probably know him from TikTok anyway. Um, but he was on the Ren episode. So check that out if you haven't, because it was a really fun one. Moving on to Camilla. I'm introducing you guys for you you're welcome <laughs>
2: <laughs> well thank you thank you for the introduction hello my name is camilla uh you can, uh, pronouns are she her you can find me on tiktok at boricua wookie um and podcast recently started a star wars narrative podcast um which is called beings of the galaxy It is. uh, It takes you on a journey guided by host Lonis Locke to discover the everyday slices of life that give greater meaning to our purpose in the galaxy. Uh, You can find it wherever podcasts are streaming uh, and also on Instagram at Beings of the Galaxy pod. Um, And yes, I'm super excited to chat. So thanks for having me back.
0: Of course. Yeah. And once again, Camilla is also a familiar voice. Um, from the politics episode, which was also really fun. So check that out, too, if you haven't. And then finally, Ollie, our newest, our new addition. i <clears throat>
3: you know, I'm, I'm uh, so excited to join the Millennium Pod family. Um, <laughs> my name is Ollie. My pronouns are they, them. My social media is at OllieFresh, it's It's uh, with a PH. Um, I'm on pretty much every website. Um, and I am a co-host of the podcast Roopalps Pod Race. Uh, it is a queer Star Wars podcast. And we basically have been wrapping up episodes of The Bad Batch. And we have a bunch of fun segments. We are at Roopalps pod Podrace on pretty much every social media platform. So check us out.
0: Yeah. All uh, these podcasts is really quite hilarious. If you need a laugh, I'm laughing out loud all the time when I'm listening. It's it's so funny. Um, <clears throat> so Today's or this week's episode, I guess, is going to be the first of a two-part um, Bad Batch episode with the same same people, um, and basically we're going to break it down so far. So, as of recording this, we are we've seen up to episode eight. So, spoilers up to episode eight of the Bad Batch. Um, we're going to just like talk about it so far, um, how we're feeling. I'm feeling bad, but you know how we're feeling in general, um, and then. Um, Um, go ahead and we're going to kind of make predictions. And then I guess, you know, in eight weeks or so, we'll get together again and see, you know, if anything we, we predicted panned out. Um, but I'm pretty excited, but to just kind of get things rolling, I think we should go around and say our favorite member of the bad batch. I know for some of us, this may have been a difficult, uh, difficult thing, but, um, yeah. So whoever wants to go first, just, just go ahead, tell us your favorite member and why.
3: I can go first. Sounds so, good. So I had a very difficult time choosing this um, because it's like choosing between my children. I love all of them dearly. When I watched the Bad Batch episode or arc in Clone Wars, I was like, they're fine. But now I'm like, I would maybe die for any of them if they asked me to. Um, at this point, it's sort of a choice between Echo and Hunter. Um I have a very deep connection to the Rookies episode from Clone Wars, so seeing Echo again made me feel crazy, and it's really nice to see him being characterized, um, because in the Clone Wars, a lot of the perspective you get on Echo is through someone else, so initially a lot of what you see, you know, in terms of Echo's characterization is through Fives, and then later it's through Rex in season seven. So now you're really seeing him become his own character and tell his own story from his perspective. And I'm love that, but I also love Hunter because he is the dad of the dad batch. So, you know, I, again, it's very hard to choose. It's like picking between my children.
2: Fair
0: enough. <clears throat> that's a good, that's a good answer. I like that. Um, who wants to go next?
1: i'll uh, i'll take it next so i'm probably in the minority of of bad batch fans of who my favorite member is but from day one from the first episode of season seven of the clone wars it's been Crosshair. i just think crosshair is the co- coolest coldest dude uh in the galaxy and i've always liked the sniper character doesn't matter what it is like i always think the sniper is just the coolest um and I love the way Crosshair is just kind of no nonsense, the way he kind of carries himself seriously. Uh, the toothpick is cool. Um, and, you know, I just think I just really like Crosshair. Um, so I was very emotionally hurt this past episode, but we will uh, we'll get into that later.
0: Yeah, that's uh, we got the this this episode, we really saw the cold side of Crosshair, um, but that's cool. That's cool. You're right. I think you are in the minority, but. I think that's cool. You know, every clone deserves some love. So (laughs) Um, Camilla, do you want to go?
2: Yes, I would love to go. Uh, My favorite uh, member of the Bad Batch is actually the newest member of the Bad Batch. So it's that sweet child Omega. I am a sucker for uh, uh, characters like Omega who are Innocent and hopeful and optimistic and are stepping out on these wide grand journeys and, and I'm, I'm just so excited for her character arc and I can't wait to see where she goes and how she grows and how she develops um, and she's just her theme man is. So beautiful and stunning. And truly every time Omega's on the screen, uh, my heart just gets so happy. So it's definitely Omega. And this past episode also <laughs> was a little rough for Omega fans. Um, just I think every fan in general. It's a rough episode. So, but excited to talk about it.
0: Yes. Oh, that's such a wholesome answer. Omega is so precious. And you're right, her theme is incredible. Oh my gosh. All the music in this in this show is just wow. Um, I guess I have to answer this question. Um, Even though it's difficult, I agree with Ollie. It's really hard to choose. If I had to choose though, I think, I think I'd pick Wrecker as of right now, because I just love how much he's like stepped into this role of like uncle vibes and just like how much he cares about Omega. Like obviously Hunter does too, but he's more in that like strict kind of father figure role. Um, Whereas we get to just see Wrecker being so have some, just having so much fun, and um, episode seven really really wrecked me. <laughs> Pardon the pun, but um, it <laughs> it was rough. Um, but yeah, I think I think it would be wrecker with Hunter as a close second, just because the dad vibes are immaculate. Um, so I guess now let's, I want to know everybody's favorite moment from the show so far. If you can't pick one, that's okay. You can kind of just say a few. Um, I'll go first this time. Um, my favorite is at the end of episode seven, when Wrecker was like apologizing to Omega for what happened. Um, and, 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 And he, you could just like feel his remorse. Oh my gosh. I was like bawling that whole episode. Um, But just that exchange between them. And when she was just like, it's fine. Like it wasn't you. I totally understand. And then she pulled out the stack. Oh my gosh. So, so cute. Um, Yeah. Wholesome 101. I would probably not rewatch that episode anytime soon, but I would rewatch that scene hundred percent. Yeah. So (laughs) whoever wants to go next, I would love to hear your favorite scene.
1: (laughs) I can go next. I just want to say about Wrecker. I did not care about Wrecker that much during the, the Clone Wars arc, but this show is making me fall in love with him. It's it's giving him so much more character, and he's that fun uncle. And the scene from this past episode with uh, Omega when they're trying to defuse the bomb, I just love that so much. I love their dynamic and their relationship. Um, it's amazing. But my favorite, so when you sent the Google Doc the other day with the, fav- with the questions that asked the favorite Bad Batch moment. I was having a really hard time thinking of one, but then I was like, what this this shouldn't be hard. It's uh is there an echo in here? Yes. What? I'm Echo. Um Dave Filoni has probably been waiting a decade to tell that joke, and I'm so glad that he did. Uh it's just, it's just funny. Like that's quintessential Star Wars humor right there. And I am living for it. Um, but then another moment that comes to mind is in uh episode seven when Rex comes into the show and when he uh kind of like they're talking about their chips and then they say they haven't got their chips out and then you can see how like he reacts to that because he's been through some stuff he knows like what the chips can do and i loved seeing that side of rex kind of like his his ptsd almost or his his trauma from from the the previous clone wars episodes i just think that was a really cool moment
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I I guess I should also mention like seeing Rex filled me with immense joy as well as I'm sure it did did everybody. Um, but yeah, they do, they're doing such a good job of just like rehashing Order sixty six, I guess, which is irritating, but also really good. Um, and I I just I love it. Um, okay.
3: Yeah, I agree that the Order sixty six. So what I was kind of worried about with this show was that Order sixty six was going to become. A little dry not that as a clone lover and as a prequels lover order 66 was ever gonna not be sad um, but i did worry like rehashing it a bunch of times from different perspectives might get old hasn't gotten old yet so they do keep finding fresh ways and i think seeing it from the perspective of the clones and from inside the empire is one of my favorite parts of the show because this is an era of Star Wars that we have very little about is like the first five-ish years between the fall of the Republic and the rise of the Empire. So seeing the transformation from all of the clones have nicknames and the Jedi are the general to these are, our leaders are, um, recruited soldiers and, all of the clones and all of the soldiers go by numbers instead of names. So it's the depersonalization. And in my actual favorite moment of the show, which was the episode with Fennec, um, I loved when she single-handedly took out Wrecker and Hunter. Girl boss moment. We love that. Um, But I thought in that episode, we really did see, and in Cut and Run, we really did see a unique perspective of people inside of the new empire being like okay well this is a bit of a change but it's basically just the republic with more rules and we were just at war so it makes sense it's a very odd transition to see so i really like that aspect that the show is giving us
0: yeah i totally agree i love well i don't well, yeah i love this era like it sounds weird to say that like empire era ooh um but i am really excited to just keep getting more content because like you said we don't have a lot and it's really i just find it so fascinating um to think about like why people were okay with the empire just waltzing in and doing whatever and camilla and i talked about this on our other episode um but it's just like well they were just at war right so it's just it's so neat to people being like yeah sure give me a number i don't care whatever at least we're not at war um yeah i'm I'm so excited about the more more early empire content. <laughs> um, Camille, um let's hear your yeah. your moments.
2: I will I will and and yeah, I just wanna also agree with um what you and Ollie are saying. You know, I'm always down with my Star Wars politics. And so that stuff is just, it makes me so, so happy that they're exploring it. Um, and and yeah, and I'm excited for us to talk about it more. But my favorite moment uh, um, in The Bad Batch comes from episode one. And it is with our wonderful Omega when she's sitting in uh, um, the Marauder. And they're jumping into hyperspace and just seeing the lights dazzling in her eyes it is oh man the scene made me so emotional give me chills just because I think it's just such a picture of of Star Wars fans and us like taking in Star Wars either for the first time or for the millionth time and how much joy it brings and you know how George Lucas talks about Star Wars being for kids. I on one level, absolutely, it's absolutely for actual children. But on the other hand, I think it's um it's for those of us who still have that childlike mindset and that childlike attitude when we approach Star Wars. And so it's that 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 moment for me is just such a picture of of that childlike hopefulness that we can each bring to Star Wars. And so it, it means a lot to me.
1: That was such a powerful moment because, I mean, when she has the, the Star Wars reflection in her eyes, that was basically like we all looked at Star Wars at, at like that at some point when we were first introduced to it. And that just really captures that essence. And it was just incredible.
3: And what I also like about that is that Omega seems to be one of the few characters who one actually behaves like a child, like a real child and not a TV child where it's like, oh, they do dumb stuff because they're a kid. But also, she has this childlike wonder that she brings that keeps it fresh in a show that would otherwise be almost unbearably
2: dark. So dark. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Like, thank, thank, thank the maker for Omega for us to not be just like devastated every single I mean, she kind of, kind of, this past episode kind of devastated, but still, yes, 100% yeah. agree.
0: Yeah, this past episode was. I I I can't keep watching this show. It's so stressful <laughs> and upsetting. Um but yeah, that's actually I uh, you know I'm glad you went last because my first like official question um was going to be, you know, about Omega. I just want to chat about her like who is who is this amazing perfect child? Um and like do we do we have any ideas why she was created? I mean, we know the Kaminoans like obviously really want her back because now they've sent two bounty hunters after her. Um, but like, why? Oh, so, you look like you're ready to say
3: something. <laughs> um, because I have been thinking about this since I watched the episode, because in the episode it is implied that Nalise hired Fennec and Lama Su, the prime minister, who I hate. Hired Cad Bane, and something that Nala, that Lama sue said was that we don't need them alive; we just need them intact. So we specifically said intact. So I'm like, a lot of what I thought about Omega. Now I'm like, oh well, if they don't need her alive. That changes yeah. things because I thought it was going to be something like maybe she specifically has an ability that's like something they didn't plan for. Right. But now I'm like, if it's in her DNA and not in her mind, what does that mean? What's going on here? Yeah,
0: I actually I think I was so traumatized. I didn't even realize that. So I'm glad
3: you brought it up. But yeah, that's wow. That's even darker. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love a I love a show that says not only we don't need the child alive, but also says, yeah, aim for the child. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's give the child a break here, Dave. Yeah. Please. I think I, I
0: think I mentally checked out by that point. I was like, I can't <laughs> not two dark episodes in a row. Like, come on. Um, yeah. That's actually really interesting. Uh, I don't know a lot about like DNA and what could be in, in Omega's DNA that would be so valuable, but like I guess probably for more cloning purposes, right? Like we know the Kaminoans are big, big, big into cloning. I don't know. <laughs> um, Yeah. And so then my other question is going to be like, does she have powers or a mutation? But again, it's like, well, if they don't actually need her. Maybe not. But also if that mutation or whatever is in her DNA, then... I don't know. I don't know. You guys, this is,
1: it's going to be really interesting to see where they go with that Yeah. because I think we all have our theories and everything, but I have a feeling it's going to be something that like nobody expects. Yeah. Um, it's because uh, obviously the Kaminoans, they don't, and I think they said it in the show, they don't create without a purpose. So Omega obviously has a purpose. It's just, what is that purpose going to be? I don't know. I'm super excited to find out because I think it could be literally
2: anything.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I agree. And I feel like they almost like really haven't given us enough to actually create solid theories on. Like, all we know is that they created her and they want her back at all costs, right? So it's kind of like, who knows?
2: Yeah. Doesn't, um, in the episode, in the past episode, don't they mention something about a contingency plan or am I making uh, it up? Well,
3: that's that's been a theme in the first episode. They talked about that too, is that they have a contingency plan In case, um, you know, the Republic is like, we don't need your regular clones anymore. Or the Empire, sorry. So I think that Omega is that contingency plan. And Mm -hmm. the theory that I've seen thrown around a lot is that Omega is a clone designed for, not for warfare. So a clone designed to fill other positions. And what we've seen from Omega so far is that she is a very fast learner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that specifically in, I believe it is episode um, three, uh, where they fight the monster oh, that eats yeah. electricity, Yeah, where she watches Hunter track, and then three seconds later, she starts tracking the monster. And I think that it's just a very, the idea that she adapts really well could be something, and, and I'm more inclined to believe that than the idea that she has, like, a power.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: But I'm not, you know, again, like there's not quite enough solid evidence for me to feel Mm -hmm. like that is the case.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I lean, I lean toward force sensitivity, because so I had a conversation um, a few weeks ago with, um, um, a friend of mine, Bailey, who's on TikTok at TinkerBail underscore. um, And we were talking about Omega and she was talking about how obviously Omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. And there's been talk of her being the last clone. And so she was talking about how she could see Omega being the last attempt to make a force sensitive clone. And in my mind, how, how that makes sense to me is that It it could be a way for the Kaminoans to be like, don't get rid of us. We can make force sensitive clones. This is an asset to your new empire, which they haven't brought up in a while, and I can't wait to hear them say it again. Um, (laughs) And then also, I do think that that connects into the future um, in Mando because don't we see like that scientist with a Kaminoan? insignia on his on his shirt or whatever and so obviously he's doing something with force sensitive cloning so in my mind that's that it makes sense to me for omega to be a force sensitive clone but having been the kaminoans doing this on their own as their contingency plan to still be relevant for the empire and not be completely shut out
3: and project harvester is the project that involves force sensitive kids Mm -hmm. and i mean palpatine hired cad bane in the clone wars to go get force sensitive kids so it would not be a far stretch for the kaminoans to be like yo your leader wants some force sensitive kids we'll do our best to have you covered right
0: yeah that's actually that's some good that's quite interesting (laughs) i didn't i because i had heard people saying oh maybe she's force sensitive and i was like i don't know but that's like actually like sound logical reasoning for why they would want to make a force sensitive clone because i mean you're right at this point the empire and uh what's his face i keep forgetting his name the guy that he, yeah freaking i'm never gonna remember that <laughs> um you like he doesn't want clones right so i mean you could totally see it like last lasted jeffert we gotta we gotta keep stay going yeah that's uh hmm.
1: I think it would be cool, too, that if if they went with the force sensitive route just to get that connection to Mandalorian with with Dr. Pershing and, and Grogu, um, because I think that would be really cool to see them kind of tie these two projects together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool with all of the, like the Disney projects right now. They kind of seem like they're all going to be like tied together and we're going to have like this massive Star Wars universe that's like really coherent, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah. Okay, so the next thing I kind of wanted to talk about was um, kind of like the early rebel activity we might be seeing. I'm not sure. It hasn't been like made official, but I do feel like, you know, Trace and Rafa are working for some form of rebel cell potentially. Um, I mean, we saw Saw Guerrera. He's still out there. We know he's active based on, you know, other Star Wars material. And, uh, I also want to know, I'm, I'm pouring all the questions out at once. We can just talk about it. I also want to know, um, what, like, what is our, our man Rex up to? Because it kind I'm getting the vibe. It's something rebel ish, but we know from rebels, the TV show that he's not really involved in the rebellion at that point until they go and get him. So I want to know, uh, what happened? Like, <laughs> Ollie's like so excited okay no i'm
3: i'm so sorry i hate to dominate the conversation but i have i have a very um the theory that i have is that rex starts working with some form of an early rebel cell and then when wolf and gregor whatever happens to them happens he says i need to get out and take my boys with me because we are not in a place to be fighting another war Um, And that's kind of what Rebels seemed like to me is Mm -hmm. that it was like, yeah, we did fight, but now our war is over and we need to peace out. I do think that when Rex made that little call at the end of episode seven, I do think that it was Saw Gerrera because Saw Gerrera is one of the only people outside of the former Republic that Rex knows and knows he can trust um, additionally in rebels when rex meets up with Sagarera again he is very much like ah my old buddy which is not necessarily something that you would tell someone who you met for like a month 20 years ago <laughs> right
0: you yeah, know that that makes that makes sense
2: yeah i totally i totally agree with that i was thinking about that and i was like because I love Bale so much. I was like, is he talking to me, Bale? I just am so desperate to see Bale in the show. But um, <laughs> but no, I definitely think Saw Gerrera makes the most sense, especially um, when you look at Saw as um, um, his tactics and how he's all about, um, oh my goodness. I don't know if you can hear the music that just started playing outside. <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> like mariachi music. Okay, it's fine. Um,
3: they're celebrating Saw Guerrero.
2: Yeah, literally, <laughs> they heard Saw and they're like, "Yes, celebrate." <laughs> but sorry, um, yes, I do think I do think Saw is makes the most sense because I mean, Trace and Rafa talked about how the information on the Tactical Droid Head is about how to take down clones, and it seems like a military operation. Whoever wants the Tactical Head Droid, and of all of the different rebel cells saws cell or organization, the partisans definitely feel the most militaristic. Um, And yeah, I totally agree with, with what you were saying, Ollie about how that Rex doesn't really know many other people. So it makes definitely makes the most sense that he's working with saw.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I like that theory. I think it would make sense because Rex and saw obviously do know each other. Um, I mean, when I was first watching the episode, my head immediately went to, oh, it's got to be either Wolf or Gregor, um, because obviously we know that's who Rex is with in Rebels. But does that make sense? Because, like, I'm sure Wolf and Gregor are dealing with their own things. They probably still have their chips in. So that's Um,
3: like that's a good question, because in the episode, when they're taking out Wrecker's chip. Rex is getting upset and like, what's wrong? And he's like, I've never been on this side of the surgery before,
0: mm-hmm. which makes
3: me be like, there's no way that Rex would allow Wolf, specifically Wolf, but probably Gregor as well, because he probably knows Wolf better at this point. But there's no way he would allow either of them to go under the knife without him being there if he was aware of what was happening. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I just I I, I don't know if it's gonna happen just because this isn't the rec show; it's the Bad Batch. But Commander <laughs> Wolf's my favorite clone. <laughs> I really want to see him and how he gets his chip out. But um,
3: he's Dave's favorite clone too. So you yeah, never
1: know. You never know. Uh, I didn't
3: know that. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's why well, I mean, Dave's all of Dave's self inserts have wolves in their name because he's got Commander Wolf and his character from Mandalorian's so name is Trapper, right. Wolf. Trapper Wolf. Yep, so.
1: That's
2: so oh fun. my uh, god,
1: we love that about Dave,
3: <laughs> an icon truly,
1: yeah, on uh-huh. brand. <laughs> yes, I saw somebody, uh, I don't remember, I think I was in Anna's live yesterday, missing Ben Solo, and somebody said that, um. Cad Bane was a, a Dave Filoni self insert OC with the cowboy hat. Yes. <laughs> Literally. i was like it makes that checks That makes sense. Honestly, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just I really hope we see Commander Wolf. Um I got my Commander Wolf hat on right now and uh but unfortunately I don't think that's that's not who Rex was talking to in that moment. Another thing about that scene too that I thought was interesting was how they, they called attention to when Hunter said, if you, if you ever find yourself in a bind, you know how to re- reach us. And then Rex kind of nods his head. That To me, that was like a Chekhov's gun. Like that That's going to come back later. So I don't mm-hmm. think that's the last time we're going to see Rex in yeah. the Bad Batch.
3: Well, this begs something else that in the trailer for the Bad Batch, there is exactly one scene that we have not seen yet. And it takes place on Onderon because it is the same set from Onderon in The Clone Wars. So I do think that there is going to be a point where I think something is going to happen to make the Bad Batch be like, oh, we should probably be helping the Rebellion because the Empire is actually quite bad. And they're going to reach out to Rex or vice versa. And Rex is going to be like, yeah, Andron's kind of messed up right now. We need your help. So I think there's going to mm-hmm. be something there.
1: Another thing, too, that makes me think we're not going to see that this isn't the last time we see Rex is the the Captain Rex Black Series figure they just came out with and the Vintage <laughs> Collection figure. On his helmet, he has Did his little her? visor attachment, which he doesn't have that in Episode 7. So either yes. Hasbro doesn't know what they're doing, which wouldn't <laughs> surprise me, and put on the visor attachment, or that means we're going to see Rex um, later in the season with that, with that visor on his helmet.
3: And with the figure on, like, in... I think it was Hasbro Plus's description of the figure. It said like, yeah, here's, it also includes a viewfinder, which I'm like, oh, well, that's specifically a reference to something that's going to happen. And it would not be the first time that an action figure or whatever has given away something, (laughs) as we all know with the Lego (laughs) Crosshair set, um, which did say that Crosshair turned to the Empire like a week before the show came out.
0: I love I love when toys you know low-key spoil the shows it's just it's great (laughs) Um, but yeah no I'm actually okay because when I watched it and watched Rex disappear into the mist I was like that's it that's the last time we're ever gonna see Rex but no it actually makes a lot of sense and then I was in your live Kev, and you mentioned uh whatever fancy term you used where he said you know if you ever need us you know call and i was like oh that actually makes a lot of sense few because um yeah if him disappearing into the mist was the last time we ever saw him in like new content i would have been very very sad but um mm-hmm. ideally Here's how I see this playing out that I think would be super, super cool, in my opinion, is, you know, last few episodes, it's like a three or four episode arc of them, you know, going to fight with the rebellion. Um, And then it leaves us on this epic cliffhanger for hopefully a season two, because I'm not ready for this to just be one season long. But I guess we'll see. I don't know, because it hasn't been confirmed either way. Right. Like, we don't know if there's going to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I don't even think the number of episodes has been confirmed, has it?
0: It's 16. It's 16.
1: Did, did they confirm that?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, great. which is like a lot. I can't believe we have to go so through this much. for 16 weeks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I can't I just remember after episode 3 just sitting in my room and saying, "We like it's only episode 3. Are you kidding me? And they've already given us so much amazing content." And That's, I mean, yeah. like like uh, so many shows at this point just in general are already finished at, by eight episodes I mean we've seen mm-hmm. like some of the Marvel shows that are finished at, after six you know and yeah. I'm like oh bless them for giving us 16 it's truly what a treat what an absolute what treat it's like almost like, is that
0: like it's like that's like a quarter of the year approximately mm-hmm. I know math um <laughs> it's a, <log. laughs> that's a long time though it's a long time to suffer um <laughs>
3: I am suffering, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a little bit. I would be a little surprised if you weren't at this point after that last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: that was that was a time and a half. Um, we'll get to that shortly here. Um, but yeah, I think I think I w- did want to say um, I forgot, and then I remember what I wanted to say. Actually, is that I do think it it saw it does make the most sense for who Rex is talking to if we assume it's a rebel cell because. He's really like the only other or some we don't know because he's really like the only rebel cell that's like kind of actually a thing right now. Because like based on the Ahsoka novel, Bale's cell doesn't really get formed until like at least a year, if not more, um, after Order 66. And I think we're still within that first year. But also time in Star Wars is kind of weird and I don't really know. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I do think it's Saw, especially because Saw just keeps appearing everywhere in star Wars. So
1: I don't literally in everything.
0: Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't really make sense for uh, them to have him in everything and then just not in the bad batch. So, I mean, I know we've already seen him, but I do think he's going to have a bigger role soon in
2: the last half of the season. I think what's interesting about the idea, like how we've all been talking about, Oh, the bad batch is going to join the rebellion. And I think it's, it's, I think about how, like the rebellion as in like capital R rebellion, rebellion doesn't really form in the way that we know it in the, in the original trilogy until like, right. Not even in rebels, you know, it's like toward the end of rebels when essentially when they blow up Alderaan, that's when they're like, okay, maybe we should all like a hundred percent unite. And Mm so I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see if they're going to explore the tension of these different uh, rebel cells throughout the galaxy and and where the bad batch line up most because i do think star wars loves to star wars just loves rebellions in general and loves to reward reward rebels and so i definitely think we see the bad batch joining the rebellion at some capacity but the question is like what rebellion what part of the rebellion are they joining saw are they going to ryloth and hanging out with cham and the freedom fighters you know which mm-hmm. we got that little preview with that episode title can't wait hara where you at um <laughs> so chopper, oh so please. yeah so literally baby chop- baby <laughs> chopper just causing chaos
0: oh my gosh imagine if droids actually grew as organics do and there was actually like <laughs> a small version of chopper that'd be terrifying so but and also imagine omega and chopper together <laughs> cuz they're like Omega is like sweet and wholesome but also chaotic and then Chopper is just like war crimes and chaotic so just the <laughs> chaos would be incredible and now i i really want that so dave if you're listening i know the show's already made but you can make some changes if necessary
3: yeah. dave please call us we have ideas <laughs> yeah.
0: dave if you need consultants What's for up? this hypothetical season 2 we're ready <laughs> <laughs> um yeah And then the other thing, I actually, uh, I liked seeing Trace and Rafa. I know the fandom was like, (laughs) um, which is just really disappointing. But um, I actually liked seeing them. Um, I thought for me, it added a bit to their characters, even though like, I know they had a whole arc. But I don't know. I just liked seeing that, you know, they took what they learned essentially from their arc in season seven and are, you know, do using it to do good and it was also just like oh so legacy lives on um
2: yes. so yeah i kind of
0: hope we see them again i know that's uh probably not the opinion of a lot of loud star wars fans on the internet but um i do hope we see them again because i think i also like their dynamic with the bad batch i just kind of thought it was funny
1: when uh when we went to Corellia that episode i was kind of expecting to see either a young Han and, and Kira yeah. or like mm-hmm. somebody else from solo. So maybe maybe Lady Proxima, maybe, or like Malek, the one of mm-hmm. her, you know, people. Um, yeah. So I think it was almost weird that we went to Corellia and didn't see anybody we already knew because this show is all kind of all about giving us characters that that we already know. Um, yeah. So when they said that they were going to Corellia, I'm like, oh, we're going to see some people from solo. Yeah, uh, but we yeah. did.
3: not It's similar to how everyone... When they were like, oh, we're going to Braca, are we going to see Cal mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I also was like, oh, is young Han going to be here? Because basically <laughs> the only thing I know about Corelli is that that's where Han was. Um, but I agree. I have some conflicting feelings about the Martez sisters. Um, not because I think they're bad characters. Um, I actually really like them. I think a lot of it is that they play into certain... Um like it's almost like you see this a lot with women characters where people hate them for traits that if a male character had it, they would not hate them for as much. Mm-hmm. Um retweet. <laughs> yep. And my problem is I think that there are some there were some points where Rafa would say things to Trace, and I'm like, oh, that's so rude. But then I'm like, but it she is a very complex character. So I really like that. So mm-hmm. it's like, even if you think they're annoying, or you don't like them as characters, or you don't like them as people. You can still say, like, it's really interesting that we get to see women who are written differently, who are written, yeah, not to fit into an archetype that already exists. So, you know. I was that's kind of where I feel on them. I would love to see them again,
0: yeah, I agree. Because I think a lot of the reason why I kind of dislike them in the their arc was my own internalized misogyny because um again like same as yeah, what you're saying same. a lot of uh like I was like why are you doing that why are you being like that and then I was like thinking about it after and especially after this episode when I was like oh I actually like them more now um and I was like you're right if it was two male characters bantering like that and like being rude to each other I would be like ha, huh, that's funny but for some reason we're like conditioned in this society that like women aren't allowed to be tough and rude um um, so yeah I that's why I do kind of want to see them more because I I do think it's important to see you know not just the Leia's and the Padme's of the world um and again like they're almost like I mean Star Wars does an okay job of having different female leads but again uh, most of them do fit into that very much like Leia like strong but also like soft at the same time. Whereas like Rafa especially is just hard (laughs) is the word I'm going to use to describe her. So I I do hope we see them again. Cause like I said, I think it's, I think it's important because Mm -hmm. women aren't all the same. Um, That's my feminist rant for the day.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I also love that. Like they weren't created, you know, I think a lot of the women in star Wars are created to serve a man's purpose and they weren't like mm-hmm. essentially were created to serve, yeah, they were created to serve Ahsoka's purpose. So, so that was cool to see women created to serve another woman's purpose, you know, in her development. Um, so that, that I really enjoyed that. But I, uh, I, I, yeah, I, what you were saying earlier, Ari, about um, the continuing, showing the continuing legacy of Ahsoka and how how like truly the seeds that she planted in their lives, like teaching them how to go, do good. Now they're carrying that on. And and I love the end of their episode when Roth uh, is uh, talking with Hunter and how she's like, um, how, how she asks Hunter, why are you giving us tax droid head? And Hunter's like, it's the right thing to do. Like that is such, you see, you see, it's the right thing to do all over star Wars. And, and I love seeing characters who are not doing the right thing, learn how to do the right thing and, and, and find like their internal moral compass somehow shifts into the direction of what the right thing to do is. Um And it's, it's really great to see those two characters and, and how they've learned after the Clone Wars to, to do the right thing and to move into that path. Um, and, and I also hope to see them again as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good theme in Star Wars. Oh wow, Star Wars is amazing. Um <laughs> my next question, which we already sort of answered was uh do we think the Bad Batch is going to end up joining a rebel cell, which I think we're all kind of in agreement, probably, maybe not like quite a, a cell necessarily, but in some capacity, uh the rebellion. Um and I wrote, if not, what do we think is the end game for these dudes? I swear if y'all say they're gonna get Rogue One, <laughs> I will be upset. But also, but um, also I do understand why people are saying that, even though it makes me want to punch myself in the face as a Rogue One stan. <laughs> I'm, a,
1: uh,
3: as a fellow I'm, Rogue One stan, I feel that.
1: Yeah. I'm preparing to just be emotionally torn apart by the end of this series. Like it's like, didn't the 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 Kevin Kiner, whoever does the music, didn't he like tweet yes. that like yeah. the last episode is going to be very emotional? I'm not prepared.
3: Yeah. He said he said that um something along the lines of I've never cried while writing the score to it. oh episode. yeah oh yeah which yeah. is not does not bode well. Um, I do think I have a bit of a theory. A lot of my theories are based on something that happened in rebels. That was like a throwaway line. Um, But I latched onto it because I'm crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. Kanan in the episode where they meet Rex and Gregor and Wolf. Kanan says that he was like, Oh, well the clones shot on us. And then later they were saying, Oh, they were controlled by chips. And I was like, The only clones that know about the chips that would be able to convey that message to Kanan, who's been on the run and isolated, would have been Rex, Wolf, and Gregor, who Kanan obviously has not talked to, or it would have to be a wider message. So I am thinking last episode of season one of Rebels, I believe, where they go to the tower to transmit the message to the rest of the rebellion, I feel like the Bad Batch is going to have to be the clones who tell the world, like, hey, guys, there's a whole chip situation going on right now. And then they get Rogue One while they're doing that.
0: I was so hopeful. I was like, oh, yes, they're going to be part of the rebellion. Is. And then and there it was. You had to say yeah.
2: <laughs> Ouch. Man. Um, Remember when we started, the? I just, I think it's so <laughs> funny how I think the majority of us, when we watched Clone Wars Season 7, and we're like, um, so, like, we enjoyed the Bad Batch arc, just generally, oh, these are a fun group of clones, and then they announced a Bad Batch TV show, and everybody was like, oh, yeah, more Star Wars content, it's gonna be a fun little, you know... <sighs> group of clones just running around the galaxy having adventures and it's not it is but it's really not that and we're all so attached and it's just such a picture of how powerful like star wars storytelling is that now we're just predicting in our minds them getting rogue one and being absolutely devastated by it
3: i just don't i can't this is another thing too is clearly shows that take stuff that takes place after this era was all written before the bad batch was the thing and before Mm -hmm. it was confirmed so i can't keep saying like oh well it didn't happen they weren't in rebels or they weren't in any of the subsequent media so they didn't they didn't show up there so they must be dead which is the theory that i think i and a lot of people are going off of is if the Bad Batch was still alive during the Rebels timeline. There was no way that Rex would not be like, hey guys, um, what's up? Can you give us a hand? However, the more I think about it, and I think Camilla said, the Rebels are very splintered right now. You don't really see them really solidify and team up until like the end of Rebels and the destruction of Alderaan. Mm-hmm. So it could make sense that the Bad Batch is still around and is working for the rebellion, but maybe for a different cell or in a different way. And Rex didn't call them because he was like, they've got their own stuff going on. So I'm in this constant Mm -hmm. state of hopefulness. I'm, I'm (laughs) expecting the worst, but hoping for the best.
2: Yep.
3: Plot
0: twist: um, The Bad Batch actually joins Saw, and then it ends up getting Rogue One on Jeddah in Rogue One. And We just didn't see them. (laughs) Why would you say that? On
1: the rest of my life, without thinking about that.
0: Oh no! Listen. I'm sorry to Ollie and Kev, but Camilla, I'm not sorry to you because you put me through a lot of pain with your predictions so far. So um I, hey. actually, I don't think I don't think that's probably a real thing, but um
3: I also do like the idea of again, I'm so sorry for being a rebel stan on me, but um the idea that the the bad batch was with the group that killed Callus's team is very um a lot. I'm yeah. That's just very funny to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, wait, Ollie, you brought up, you bring up an interesting point because I remember there yeah. was a lot of predicting that we see callus in see. the Bad Batch. And I don't know if yeah. this is going go to go. I don't want to jump ahead to your future question, um, Ari. But I t- I've totally forgot that, like, that was the thing that we were predicting, callus being in, in the Bad Batch. But
3: uh, I, I'm glad you brought d- that back up. Yeah. I don't know if callus would be in this season or okay to be fair the bad batch is very much i I was expecting way more filler episodes but they are really getting to it they're straight to brass tacks so it i do think that it's more likely that we will see the lasat that radicalized callus against lasan than it is (laughs) that we will see callus himself because if we do have more interactions with the partisans it would make sense um but I still think there's a chance that we'll see him. It seems like a character that's just a deep enough cut that it would be like exciting to see him. But Mm. again, as a callous lover, I would be excited to see him in any capacity. I
0: think it would be great to see Callus in like Clomore style animation. So now I'm manifesting it.
2: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also um, if, if we're, if we're going back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of building out the Disney building at the larger Star Wars universe, it would make sense to have cows in some capacity as a, as a way to connect the Bad Batch into Andor, you know, it's, was, it's, it's so exciting. Yeah.
3: I was just about to say, this could be them setting up like, cause I was thinking about this with Fennec as well with Book of Boba Fett is they are trying to provide a little bit more context for these characters, so we have a bit more solid material and solid ca- solid characterization for them going into the shows that they are either starring in or minor characters in or whatever. So I think that's it. Makes a lot of sense that they would, if not have Callus there, at least mention him if they are planning to have him in Endor, which or um Andor, which would make me feel crazy.
0: Oh yeah, I would die. I'm already mm-hmm. so excited for Andor, like really. Cassian, my love. Um, and so, if they added Gallus, wow, uh, I would
1: live action. I'm,
0: I might pass away when that show drops if they're both in it. But anyway, Kalis,
3: my beloved,
0: <laughs> um, yeah, um, okay. Now this is going to be a fun <laughs> topic of discussion. <laughs> um I, i don't know if you guys remember what's next on the list but uh this is either gonna be kev's favorite or least favorite part i'm not sure but we're gonna talk about crosshair um and we'll go we'll do these questions sort of one at a time do we think he's going to be saved and by that i mean you know obviously chip removed um at some point i think so is it going to be this season. See, this is the issue. If we had more, if we knew there was more seasons, it'd be a lot easier to predict. Um, what are we thinking? How's that going to look? What's going to happen? Let's hear your wildest upsetting predictions. I'm ready. I'm prepared.
1: <laughs> I have many thoughts. Um, <laughs> so until, until this last episode, I would have guaranteed that Crosshair was going to get a redemption arc. I was like, there's no way that, Because the way I, before we got the Rex episode, the way I figured it, I was like, okay, we know Rex is coming to the show. Rex is going to tell them about their chips. They're going to take their chips out. They're going to realize that Crosshair still has his chip in and they're going to go try and get Crosshair, get his chip out so he can come back. Um, And I was dead set on that theory. I'm like, that is what's going to happen, you know? And then we got Rex. Rex took their chips out. Um, But they did not mention anything, if I remember correctly, about getting Crosshair's chip out. And I'm like, guys, he's your friend. You're just gonna, you're just gonna forget about him like that. Um, and then we get crosshair in the next episode, which by the way, we went five weeks. That was over an entire month without crosshair. And I was starving for crosshair. Content. I was I was miserable. I'm like, where is my boy? Is he safe? Is he all right? I I need to know. Um, so so we got crosshair back. They don't mention anything about getting his his chip out. I'm like, that's weird. Like you think they would. Uh and then he gets he gets burnt like a rotisserie chicken. And then
3: (laughs) rotisserie crosshair.
1: Yeah, Kentucky fried crosshair. Um, and (laughs) wait, that's
0: gonna be the title of this episode, I think. (laughs) That's too (laughs) funny. Okay, sorry, continue.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um yeah, and so now that he's he's got he looks like Dengar and he's got the he's getting the <laughs> Vader treatment of you know the mask and everything, I don't know if he's gonna get a redemption arc in, in this current state. Um, but another thing too, just I feel so bad for crosshair. Um Truly. but before before I go into what I'm I go into, I'll I'll let others speak.
3: So there's actually Omega did say something during episode seven um, that was not specifically about crosshair, but when it happened, it made me worried about the batch that was there. But then thinking about it, I was like, there's no reason that she would say this unless it had a deeper, deeper implication, which was that when she said, just because that surgery to remove the chip worked on Rex doesn't mean it's going to work on Wrecker. And obviously it did work on Wrecker, which made me (laughs) think Why would she have said that if it was going to work on Wrecker? So I'm very much, I'm very much in the camp that something's going to happen and Crosshair is going to have a moment of clarity where he's like, oh, hey, I shot on civilians and I shot on my friends and shot at a child, Um, maybe, maybe," and have a moment of clarity, apologize and then pass away.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, because that's another thing too, is that, and I, I caught this from episode one, Crosshair doesn't miss. Like I don't think we've ever seen him miss a shot. So when he missed that shot on, on Kanan, um, young Caleb Dune from the first episode, I'm like, there's some restraint there. He's holding back because Crosshair doesn't miss. And then we saw again with uh, Tech in this latest episode, he missed a shot on Tech. He missed that shot on purpose. Because we see with Wrecker, obviously when Wrecker chip activates, first of all, he's horrifying. Like having having Wrecker with his chip active was horrifying but I'm glad that it was it was his chip that went off instead of anybody else of the bad batch because of just how scary he is um he turned into a completely different character it was it was really yeah. cool to see I wish so that cool. sequence would have lasted longer but but that's beyond the point
2: <laughs> <No>! um, <laughs> It was I, obviously it was it was, it was so very good. emotional. But I was, it was gonna so good. pee
0: my pants, yeah. Like his voice <laughs> was so scary. I was like, oh, ah. man. No. so
2: good. See,
1: we see with Wrecker after he gets his chip out, he's aware of what he did because he apologizes yeah. to Omega about it. Um, so so that means Crosshair's got to know that that what he's doing, and I think he's showing some. He's obviously showing some restraint because he wouldn't have missed those shots, and obviously like he doesn't want this. Like he didn't, he doesn't want to be controlled by a chip. So I, he's got to be miserable. And Surely. that just makes me so sad. And now that he's injured and that his face looks like that, I feel, I feel so bad for him. I was literally sitting at work yesterday. I work at a golf course. So I'm sitting in the, in the cart barn, just looking out at the golf course, just blank staring sad about crosshair space. Like I was genuinely sad about crosshair at work. And I've That's so I haven't valid. I haven't been this hurt um, from Star Wars since episode nine when Snap Wexley and Ben Solo died. And I'm really I'm not a fan of the way this show is making me feel. if if I, it's not fun. It's, really,
3: <laughs> it's not fun. It's so not. <laughs> I did not think about the fact that the Re- that wrecker remembered what he did. and I am now thinking about all of the clones who are under the control of their chips being like, yo, like, all of the clones that killed their Jedi are now sitting there, like, I know what I did, and I'm trapped in my head, and that being, like, I had always kind of, like, thought that that might be the case, but I never really thought about, like, oh, they actually just confirmed that until right now, and now I'm very sad. Thank you.
0: Yeah, oh, man, because, like, even if you think about, like, um, Rex, like, at, in, in season seven, when he, like, tells us, oh, he's, like, I, I tried to kill you. I'm sorry. And you think about the fact that now he thinks about that probably every day. Um, ow, ow. I, I hate it here. And so the next sort of crosshair-ish question I had was, what does a redemption arc slash story look like for somebody who's undermined control? I know that's like a very deep question because um, like really, and it's hard because we don't really know how much the clones are aware of what they're doing in the moment, right? Like we know they remember it after, but like in the moment, are they like really fighting against it, but still, you know, doing it? Or are they like completely, you know, not in their right mind while they're doing these things? I don't know. Cause we don't really know, but like, yeah. What does, like, what would a redemption arc look like? Like, do you have to, cause like, I don't know. Have you guys all seen, I assume that everybody who's a Star Wars fan is also a Marvel fan. Um, And so, um, you know, if you've seen like the Falcon and the winter soldier, um, the TV show, we see the winter soldier, basically Bucky trying to like go around and make up for everything he's done when he was under mind control. And like, is that like the same sort of mind control that the clones have? I'm not sure. Um, But again, like, how do you live with that? Also? I don't know. There's like so much when you're like, it really wasn't my fault, but also I kind of knew, I don't know. It's a deep question. And I want to know what you guys think.
2: Yeah. I feel like star Wars loves redemption stories, but doesn't like to deal with atonement because it's like, Mm -hmm. we're going to redeem this character. And then they're going to pass away (laughs) right after. So they don't, have to deal with the their actions um and so it's like one it would be uh, it would be fascinating to see like having to have see vader and um kylo anakin and ben deal with like atone for their sins you know but obviously we didn't get that and then at the same time like they aren't under mind control in the way that crosshair is Mm
1: -hmm. and so
2: I think, I think it would be amazing to be able to see him be redeemed and whatever that looks like in terms of him, you know, being under mind control. So I think it's, it's, breaking out of, of being under control of the inhibitor chip. Mm-hmm. But then I think what's more interesting about his redemption arc is turning it into an atonement arc and how he deals with what he did. And, and, and that's what, that's what I think like Bucky's story is. And, and back on the Winter soldiers, it's Bucky coming to terms with what he did and finding peace and, and atoning for his sins. And, and it would be so amazing to see Crosshair do the same thing.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think that would be a really cool, um, arc, Especially because, like you said, you know, the other main redemption stories we have in Star Wars are really Vader and Kylo and they just die. I mean, I guess sort of like Callus is a pretty good redemption story that's like he actually did the work.
3: I would say like Callus, I think, is the only, again, not to be a Callus stand on main, <laughs> but I feel like Callus is really one of the only characters that we see in Star Wars that truly has a redemption arc other than mm-hmm. Ventress, but that really. Like, that kind of happens at the end of the Clone Wars, but you really only see the effects of it in Dark Disciple, which is mm-hmm. the book. I need to read um, it. It's a yes. very good book. I would recommend mm-hmm. it. It's on um, my bookshelf right now. I just, I gotta get to it. <laughs> it's very good. Um, my thing, though, I think about Crosshair is, so this is my um, clone enhanced clone trooper to dark trooper pipeline that I believe might happen is, mm-hmm. I do believe now that Crosshair is a little uh, messed up. They are going to make more adjustments to him. And so, Dark Troopers, as I'm sure you guys probably know, Dark Troopers are basically enhanced clone or enhanced stormtroopers that have like special enhanced senses and stronger abilities. Um, In the Thrawn books, in Thrawn Treason specifically, there are two dark troopers who are like, yeah, we volunteered basically to get altered to be like 10 times more evil and way better at our job. And I think that crosshair is going to be like the prototype for that. So Mm. I think I would like to see crosshair have an actual atonement and like see him put in the work of saying like, how do you rectify what you did when you weren't in control of yourself But I also think narratively speaking, the way that they have set it up in episode two, I think, we saw him fire on civilians, like, point blank. And I'm like, I I don't know, like, he straight up executed civilians. And I'm like, I would like to see him get a redemption arc, but I don't know how you come back from that. And it's not just because I know that a lot of other characters who have had arcs like that have done things that bad. But the way that they framed it in the episode, it was right there. Like, you saw it happen. So it's almost like the way they're framing it shows, like, this is pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also think with my crosshair becoming a Death Trooper pipeline, he is going to continue to do worse things. So I do think it makes more sense for him to, in a sense of Kylo Ren and Darth Vader, have a moment of clarity where he's like, Oh, I did some pretty not cool things and then pass away. Um, Cause I don't know how you come back from that.
1: If, if they give my, my boy Crosshair the, the grievous or Vader treatment where he becomes more machine than man, I might have to stop watching the show. <laughs> I, I don't think I can handle that. That's, that's not fun to think about.
3: Well, and the dark trooper, the, the dark troopers, like from the Mandalorian, Moff Gideon was like, the dark troopers, which were the, the robots, they were like, we realized that the worst thing, like the biggest flaw in our troopers was the person in the armor. So it would make sense that Crosshair's... Oh, God. this is getting very dark, very fast.
2: Yeah, I do think, I don't know, this goes back to Crosshair and if his chip gets out and if anything happens with the chip. I think that in this past episode that there was they they did kind of emphasize him <laughs> becoming Kentucky Fried Crosshair um, and, and it does make me wonder if that had any effect on his chip um and all you bring up an interesting point saying that they they, they could modify crosshair you know and and it's, it's, I wonder, are they going to, do they need to modify him again? Because maybe what happened with um, um, the engine turning on and it messed with this chip and maybe he's, this is just theorizing, maybe he's on Camino with Omega and she's able to break through to him because his chip is malfunctioning a little bit. Um, and it would totally be such a Star Wars devastating thing for us to think that he's almost free and then he's not and then he gets even more under his chip
0: I love that we've we've all just been hurt so many times by Star Wars we're just really imagining the worst maybe there's a happy ending to all of this maybe I doubt it but you never know you never know
1: (laughs) I uh yeah. Well, another thing, too, is that Omega is obviously what she was now a medical assistant on Camino, So she knows like, you know, medical stuff and she's seen the procedure of taking chips out. So maybe if she gets alone with Crosshair, I don't know, maybe something good can happen where she gets his, his chip out. Um, but if you would have asked me before this last episode what I thought Crosshair's redemption arc would have been, I would have been would have said, well, he would get his chip out probably because of the other members of that Batch. And then he would sacrifice himself to save Omega or to save, you know, the rest of the batch. Um, but now I'm not so sure. And I don't like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like the last episode really kind of opened up so many new possibilities because I really feel like, yes, we did see crosshair shoot on civilians in one of the earlier episodes, but like him being like, you know, aim for the kid and let's turn the engine on while everybody's, you know, inside really kind of solidified like this dark path. He's really he's really going down. So it'll be it'll be quite interesting to.
3: It's very, uh, very much reminds me of a, a scene in which you are going to try to deep fry a turkey on Thanksgiving and the oil comes up and splashes you. That's yeah. very much what happened to Crosshair with turning on that engine. <laughs> yeah it, it was, was like we are going to f- deep fry the bad batch and then he was like actually I am the one who has become deep fried <laughs> yeah that was oh man
0: um, that episode was a lot um, I do before I, I want to talk about like the ending of the last episode real quick but before we go there does anyone have any last crosshair thoughts
1: I just hope it all works out well <laughs> for him but it's not <laughs> going to and I, I hate it <laughs>
0: It's okay. You know, Camilla has the Bad Batch Support Group uh every week um live stream. So check that out if yes. you need if you need support, if you're watching it, <laughs> for, first things are tr- here for you.
3: It is truly very helpful. It is helping <laughs> me cope when I am I am on the East Coast. So I and I do stamp to watch the episodes. So it is about 3:30 a.m. <laughs> when it's over, and I'm sitting alone in my room, like, man. It's really nice to have this live stream to watch her. I think I might go insane.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah but... come come join. It's it's definitely helpful for sometimes Beth and I are just Mar uh Beth co-host of the Bad Batch Support group at Mara.j.skywalker. Um and I're just rambling on and on, but it is it is nice to know that there are other people out there who are also struggling. So come join. Yeah, that's
0: the main reason why I don't watch it when it comes out, because I'm like, I can't sleep after this crap. (laughs) Um, The last thing I sort of want to talk about on this episode of this podcast is the latest episode of The Bad Batch, because I am hurt um, by the final scene. Um, I was very excited, as was everybody, when we saw uh, Cad Bane again. But then I was, like, hurt because, I mean, Hunter really... He really dropped the ball in that. Yeah,
3: <laughs> like it's. I mean, he sad. drew first. He pulled his weapon out first, but he did, then Cad Bane still shot him first. I know. It was like Hunter, babes,
2: come on. <laughs> and he was so confident. <laughs> so, like at this point, I just have to laugh because if not, I'll start crying. <laughs> Hunter, my beloved. <laughs> yeah.
1: That scene was crazy because you know they they're they're staring down each other like it's the wild west Yeah. Um, and in my mind so like at, in live time while i'm watching the scene go down i'm like okay you have cad bane cad bane doesn't lose quick draws i mean we see him in the unfinished clone wars episode with boba fett which was cool that they kind of mirrored that with this but i'm like okay you have cad bane but you have hunter well hunter has the enhanced senses so maybe that will help him uh in this duel but you're going not. up against Cad Bane. And Cad Bane so said, I'm like. I'm built
3: different. Yeah. So
1: in my mind, I'm like, I could really see it going either way, but I don't think it's going to end well for Hunter. And then he have he gets shot right in the chest, which I thought he died.
3: Oh, I, thought, straight I, up? Yeah. I, did I thought he
1: died. Because literally gets right in the middle of the chest. We've seen other clones get shot in the chest and die. The only one we've seen that gets hit there and that doesn't die is Rex. Yeah. Um, and I'm like. I'm like, and as, as the duel, as he gets shot, right. I'm like, there's no way they would, they would kill off Hunter halfway through the season. Right.
3: Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and he like, doesn't
0: get up right away. I'm like, move. Hey, yeah. he doesn't and move. That's the thing. He doesn't move. No. I'm I, like, there's, uh,
1: there's, there's no way. And then Omega obviously is like Hunter. And the sad thing too is Omega. Cause she gets stunned right after Omega thinks Hunter is dead.
2: At this time, uh, yes. I
3: have seen a couple theories say because Omega is basically an RN, she did check his pulse. So she might know like that he is alive, which would I hope so. But yeah. the other thing I'm thinking of is I'm like, how much time did she have? Because she had like a one second. I'm no doctor, but as far as I'm concerned, it takes a little bit longer to check someone's pulse. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, yeah,
0: she literally had the time for. Cad Bane to say, "What do you say, like, sorry, little lady?" Sorry, little a, lady. Yeah. That
3: was so, oh, so, oh, so such a classy I mean, like, man! Wow. Literally, Cad Bane is built different. As soon as he showed up, I was like, "There's no way that this is ending well for the Bad Batch because he, I mean, he saved Zero the Hutt from prison, held the entire Senate hostage, mm-hmm. won a lightsaber." Battle between not one Jedi Master but two, in Obi Wan and Quinlan Voss at the same time. Like he just—he's
2: he's the is
1: definition of built different.
3: Truly, yeah. and he's I'm like expensive is... to hire. Like yeah.
0: <laughs> so that goes very, to
1: show yeah. just how badly the Kaminoans want Omega back. If they're willing to yeah. pay Cad Bane to go get her, that must he she must be pretty important.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, that scene. I I don't think I blinked the whole time because they had that. <laughs> really great like western sounding soundtrack going and i was like oh my goodness um another thing too with like i genuinely did think hunter was dead and i was like in shock because most of the time in star wars when we see like clones or stormtroopers or whatever like getting shot down if they're still alive they make a point of like making them move slightly and he did not move at all (laughs) and i was like watching i was like he has he's gonna twitch or something so we know he's not dead and then like nothing i was so glad for that that point of view shot at the end that was so cool too oh
3: man uh, very uh very republic commandos moment that's
0: what
2: i was gonna say Um, i really like that
3: there was a point where i was like all I during that scene when they were having that standoff i was like omega to quote Deppa Balaba, run (laughs) (laughs) get out and i just i was like get oh get away girl you can still make it (laughs) just go just run (laughs) uncle wrecker will pick you up somewhere just fine just go
0: as a side note Um, when you hear, you're in Hunter's point of view and you hear Wrecker being like, where's Omega? And I was just like, oh my gosh. Like his brother's like straight up shot in the chest. And the only thing my man Wrecker can think of is the child. And I was, yes, that's why we stand, Wrecker. hundred percent. The best uncle out there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am glad Hunter's not dead. I would have been, I think I would have stopped watching. Interest.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um. Epic Echo takes over the Bad Batch leader <laughs> moment, though.
0: Echo is definitely the mom of the Bad Batch, one hundred percent mom vibes.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he's like a ta- like that's his whole thing is that he was like a tactical genius, which was how Rex like knew he was alive. Mm-hmm. Like, he could do it. Oh, he, he could. Hundred
0: percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I guess. um do you guys have any, like, last thoughts or predictions? We've kind of just been going through our predictions as we go. But, um, I yeah, this is last thoughts um, before we wrap up here. Yeah.
1: I have something <laughs> I really want to see. So we know how they've been bringing stuff from Legends into canon. There's one thing from Legends. If I could see one thing from this show, I want to see the Camino Uprising. So that's from the original mm-hmm. Battlefront 2 mm-hmm. game. It's basically... If I remember correctly, the Kaminoans get so fed up with the Empire that they create clones to fight against, you know, the stormtroopers and the Empire. Um, And I I just think that would be really cool to see in canon. Um, In the game, you have Boba Fett kind of leading the Empire, but I think he's too young uh, at this point in the timeline to do that. So they would probably have to change it up a little bit. Um, But to see some clone troopers fight some stormtroopers uh, in canon uh, in the Clone Wars animation, I think would be... um, Super cool. Uh, and then uh, just kind of final predictions, I guess I, it's not going to be good either. I think they're either <laughs> all going to die or it's going to be one of them left standing. And I think that would be either Hunter just cause he's kind of the, you know, the main character and I could see him kind of being the last one. Or if we're going to go with the, uh, the domino theory, I think it, it's going to be echo, uh, kind of either. He'll be the last one surviving and then die or just, um, uh, kind of be the last one uh being the last domino that falls um I'm preparing for this show to emotionally wreck me I will most likely be suing Dave Filoni for emotional trauma um and yeah those are just kind of my final thoughts
0: yes uh, I agree I'll I'll join that suing Dave Filoni Filoni thing if I see him at I Star Wars Celebration next year we'll be like sir I don't even want a
3: picture with you because you ruined my life <laughs> I love that. Turning down the photo op with Dave Fuller. <laughs> um, I have a, a lot of different thoughts about where this could go. I've been kind of trying to figure out thematically what makes the most sense. Um, and I do believe they're doing so much exposition. And I don't know if that's for the purpose of setting up like, oh, we have not seen a lot of this time period. So here's what it's like. Or if it's setting up a second season. Because it seems like there's a lot of exposition if there's only going to be one season. Um, that being said, as I've said, I don't think it makes sense for them to still be alive by the time of Rebels and not be um, in Rebels. Um, I, I think that we have set up so many cool ant characters that it would make sense for Omega in the case of something happening to the Batch, to end up with one of them. I do believe that Fennec is going to team up with the Bad Batch, because she is in the Mandalorian wanted by the Empire. So I don't think she is going to continue to work for them. So I think now we will see her transition from Bounty Hunter, who works to whoever pays her the most, to actively against the Empire, um, and against ISB, who who wanted her before. I very much like the idea of Fennec teaming up with them to save Omega because she's mad that the Kaminoans hired another bounty hunter who stole her bounty. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of her going to save Omega. The batch, something (laughs) happens to them. She takes Omega in. Omega and Book of Boba Fett. Which is a theory that um, at Grunkle Rex, my friend Mel on TikTok, Told, had sort of posited it and it lives in my mind <laughs> um i would like to see omega again later um i again i do think that this is this show might be like showing the foundations of the rebellion i think we are definitely going to see more of saw mm-hmm. and we may see almost like the foundation of the partisans which i think would be really cool um I, like i I feel like on terms of like the personal, like what's going to happen with these characters, it keeps throwing me for a loop. So I really have no idea narratively where it would go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I would love to see more Fennec. Um, yeah,
2: that's it. Yeah. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. <laughs> yeah. more Fennec. It definitely makes sense to me that in the next episode that they would go try to find Fennec because it's like, if if they're doing some detective work in their head, thought processes, okay, so who's the last person? There's another bounty hunter after Omega, but it's not this other one. If maybe if we find this other bounty hunter, they can get us more information on how to find Omega. So I it, it totally feels like to me that they're gonna try and find Fennec to see if she'll lead them to give them more information and then maybe find Omega. Um so yeah, so I definitely, I, I love, I, I definitely love seeing more of Fennec. Um, going off of what you were saying earlier, Kev, about uh, a clone uprising on Camino, what I think would be so interesting and fascinating and cool to explore is is the Bad Batch joining that uprising in the sense that we see at the beginning of the season, um, at the beginning of the show, the bad batch really being outsiders and how um, the other clones look down on them. And, and we never hear the language from the bad batch. We never hear that brotherhood language um, the way that the other clones talk about, Oh, they're my brothers. You know, we never really hear the bad batch talking that way. Um, And so I think it'd be really amazing to see the bad batch coming to the aid of the clones who, didn't uh, who didn't accept them because again, because the clone, the bad batch is like, it's the right thing to do to come to the aid of them because they've been under the control of the empire. Um, and, I, and that's something that I just would love, love to see and love to explore. Um, but, and also just, I just want more politics. I just want, <laughs> I just want to see what the Imperial Senate looks like right now. I don't know if it makes sense to the Bad Batch, but then again, there was a whole baking deregulation arc in the Clone Wars. So why can't we get that in the Bad Batch? <laughs> that's my, that's my side. Hope.
3: I, yeah. I also think just to build off that it would make a lot of sense if we got the uprising on Camino, then mm. that would be how Kanan finds out that there were chips in rebels, oh, yeah. so that could connect that in a way that doesn't involve the bad batch all dying.
2: <laughs> yeah, um,
3: but yeah. But I did think in this episode too, we did see the bad batch firing live rounds at the clone troopers, which was something they did not do. They only fired stun rounds before.
2: Mm-hmm. So it
3: is really, it would be really interesting to see them finally be like, "No, this is the right thing to do. Let's let's give them a hand." Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's getting dark. (laughs) It's getting very dark, Um, and I'm no longer watching it. You know, to find joy, I'm just watching (laughs) it to know what happened. Um, Because, yeah, if I want joy in Star Wars, this is not the place. This is not the place. But um, I think I think the Camino uprising would actually be really cool, and I do like how they're bringing all this because Legends has a lot of really cool stuff. Um, It has a lot of strange stuff too, because nobody was really monitoring what was being written in legends for a long time, but it does have a lot of really cool stuff. And like, we've already seen a lot of things come from legends. Um, so that would be cool. I think that would be really neat. And I'm always down for a good battle and like a good uprising mutiny type thing. So, um, yeah, I would love to see that too. Um, but I think that's, I think we've covered it. You know, first eight episodes. Um, Thank you guys so much for coming on. I had a great time. Um, I hope people listening had a great time. I am going to write out all of their social medias and podcast information, all that in the description of this episode. So if you're listening, you should definitely check those out because it's really, they're all three podcasts are really great. I listen to them. and I find true joy in them. And I'm sure um, people who like to listen to me ramble will find more joy in you guys. So please check them out. Um, All that being said, I hope everyone listening is having a great day, night, morning, evening, whatever it is, wherever you are listening. And as always, may the force be with you.